0: Birthday Biography Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Mira. This is a podcast which shines a spotlight on a person born on this day at some point in history somewhere in the world who made a positive, lasting impact. Today, November 18th, we're going to celebrate the birth and life of Dr. Frances Gertrude McGill, the Sherlock Holmes of Saskatchewan. She was born on this day in 1882. I Love forensics. I actually had a period in my life when I wanted to become a forensic pathologist. Solving crimes using the inadvertent evidence of the dead. Can't think of a much cooler job than that. Maybe professional cheese and wine taster. That's a good one too. Anyways, so when Dr. McGill was first starting out, the field of forensics was in its infancy. It was her guidance and vision and Uncanny knack for solving even the most bizarre cold cases that made her the leading criminologist in all of Canada and allowed her to shape the future of forensics in the country. So, Frances was born in Manitoba to Irish parents. Edward was the town postmaster and a local politician, and Henrietta was a former school teacher. Frances was the third of four kids, and her older brother Harold would become a doctor, and her sister Sarah would become a nurse, just an all around medical family. But these career choices were probably sparked by a horrific childhood tragedy. In 1899, the family visited a country fair. Edward and Henrietta got thirsty and they drank some water from a pump. But that water was contaminated with typhoid and they both died 10 days apart from each other, leaving all four kids orphans. So the oldest brother, Herbert, stepped in to provide and keep the family together. Frances thought about becoming a teacher for a bit and then a lawyer and then finally decided to pursue medicine. So she got her MD from the University of Manitoba in 1915, one of the first women to graduate the program, and she even got special honors due to her surgical knowledge and her outstanding GPA. She stayed on for postgrad work in pathology before accepting a post in 1918 as the provincial bacteriologist for the Saskatchewan Department of Health. The 1918 flu epidemic fell right into her lap, and she went to work hunkering down with her colleagues to create 60,000 units of flu vaccine. Two years later, she was made the Provincial Pathologist for Saskatchewan, and by 1922, she was the director of the entire provincial lab. She was rapidly gaining a reputation as the person to go to with difficult murder cases, as she always seemed to be able to figure out what happened. Getting to the crime scene, though, was half the battle sometimes, because a lot of them were only accessible by dog sled or float plane. Her first year, she would visit 43 murder scenes, some of them as far away as the Arctic Circle. Living by her personal motto of think like a man... Act like a lady, work like a dog. The Sherlock Holmes of Saskatchewan, as she was now being called, except for the cops, they called her Doc. Dr. McGill was known for handling even the most gruesome assignment with a sense of humor and the utmost tact. She often had to appear in court to testify, which often brought her toe to -to toe with the then up-and-coming defense attorney and future prime minister of Canada, John Deffenbaker. In one heated exchange, she told him, If you ask me sensible questions, I will give you sensible answers. The depression hit Canada deeply as well, and her budget and staff were slashed, and she was still able to perform somehow her job exceptionally well on a shoestring budget of 17 grand, cut down from 120 grand. She worked hundreds of free overtime hours on evenings and weekends, and she helped to create the department's first official forensic lab. In her free time, she worked on a polio serum and accepted all the private patients who were referred to her because she was also an expert allergist. Another motto that she applied to her work was, don't believe all the death certificates that you see. There's no reason why a man with heart disease can't have died of strychnine poisoning. Her skepticism unveiled a lot of shocking truths and opened up cases already thought to be solved. And here are three fun ones. Case number one, the South Poplar case. A hitchhiker was found frozen to death near South Poplar, and the only person who knew anything about him was a truck driver who had given him a lift and shared a bottle of whiskey with him. The hitchhiker's skull had been fractured, and the local doctor who received his body said it was murder by blunt force trauma and had the corpse sent to McGill for confirmation. What Dr. McGill discovered was that the man had a condition which made his bones super brittle, probably rickets. And when the guy got drunk with the truck driver, the blood flow to his brain had increased. Then when the hitchhiker had the heart attack that was his actual cause of death, he obviously Fell over, and the way he was laying, combined with his thin skull and the increased blood flow and the freezing temperatures, all caused his skull to break open, resembling blunt force trauma. Case number two, the Lintlaw case. So it's April of 1932, and farmer Joseph Shuchuk is found dead of a gunshot wound at his home in Lintlaw. There was blood everywhere, and a gun was found hidden in a wheat bin by the body. The cops interviewed a few neighbors, and one guy who had blood stains on his coat was arrested for Joseph's murder. Dr. McGill was called in for a second opinion, and she found out that the doctor who had said he was murdered had never actually done an autopsy, so she had Joseph's body exhumed. And right away, she noticed there was a very odd angle of the shot, and she realized it was a suicide. The hidden gun... Turns out after he shot himself, Joseph had actually lived long enough to stagger around the house, which explains why there was blood everywhere, and then hid the gun. So Dr. McGill did a second round of interviews with Joseph's neighbors, and they all agreed that he was super depressed, and he actually had borrowed the gun and the cartridges from a neighbor days before his suicide. The neighbor who had been accused was released from jail. Turned out the blood on his coat had been from an injured farm animal that he was trying to bandage up, but the cops didn't believe him. This case made Dr. McGill the go-to expert for the surrounding police departments, and she got every weird or cold case call. Case number three, the Northern Trapper case. So an animal trapper named Oscar Schwab disappeared while hunting north of Nippowin in November of 1933. Police searched his shack where he skinned his animals, and they found blood, of course, but further testing found it to be human blood, and they also found a bullet stuck in the wall. Three months later, Oscar's former trapping partner, Thomas Kissling, was arrested for his murder. Oscar argued that he had only shot Thomas in self-defense during a fight when Oscar had been basically trying to kill him. So Thomas led them to the body and they found that Oscar's skull had been fractured into dozens of pieces by the bullet, making an analysis of the entry wound impossible or so they thought. And to me, McGill said in parentheses. So she goes and she collects the body and she spends days in her lab, piecing this morbid jigsaw of Oscar's head back together The trial comes around with Thomas still claiming self-defense. Dr. McGill goes to the witness stand and out of her purse, she pulls the totally rebuilt skull of Oscar. Collective clutching of pearls in the courtroom and she explains how the entry wound and black powder markings clearly proved that Thomas had in fact shot Oscar in the back of the head while he was asleep. Self-defense? I think not. So she was just an all-around beast. And even though her work ate up so much of her time, she had a super active social life on the side as well. She traveled a lot. She went to every continent multiple times. She gave big dinner parties. She was in bridge clubs. She was an amazing equestrian, and she loved to fish and camp, and she even won a 1917 women's shooting competition. She was in a lot of clubs, ranging from medical ones to community-based social work. She loved crime fiction books during World War I. She knit socks for the soldiers. In terms of her love life, she was super private about that, but a lot of her friends said that she had lost the love of her life in combat during World War I. In the 1950s, Dr. McGill was diagnosed with breast cancer, and when she came down with pleurisy, things went downhill pretty quickly, and she passed away on January 21st, 1959. There's a lake in Saskatchewan named after her. My sources today were Wikipedia, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, and the Ottawa Journal. Thank you so much for joining me for our birthday celebration of Dr. Frances Gertrude McGill. Please join me November 26th when we celebrate the birth and life of Dr. Mary Edwards Walker, Civil War surgeon, POW, and the only woman who ever won the Medal of Honor. See you then.